ulterior. Hey guys, so this is part two of the ongoing series where I talk about my 100 top songs of 2023. The first part was posted yesterday. It covers songs 181, and this part now will go through songs 80 to 61. Thank you so much. Thank you for tapping in, and hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Number 80 is Use Me by Charlotte Sands. I really believe that over the course of this podcast existence, Charlotte has risen to the point where she is one of those artists who I will never run out of great things to say about because I, I don't believe she ever runs out of this like a, amazing output of quality, if that makes any sense. And this song, Use Me, is the lead single off of her debut album, Can We Start Over? It's releasing January 24th, so expect that to be one of the first records viewed for season four of this show. And I think what really, like, um, like gravitated me towards Use Me was how different it is from what she's done before because she has been able to, like, gain several notches under her belt when it comes to pop rock and pop and that sort of stuff. Whereas Use Me is a lot more on the aggressive side. It has, like, this added attitude that... I can't really identify with much of her other music, and I think it is a great sound for her to explore, and I hope that ends up being the case on this record, and Use Me is just so powerful and enchanting and gutting all at once, and that's really remarkable for a lead single, and I believe that Charlotte showed on this song this range and versatility that I'm a huge fan of. Number 79 is A Lesson in Dramatics by Save Face featuring Jiraiya. I'm really, really into Save Face. I, I love what they do. I love the... Uh, theatrical elements to their sound and how it kind of has like this very throwback like screamo sound if you want to call it that and it's done so in a way where their music has a very like diabolical undertone to it and it's just like really cool altogether and then you take this new song here a listening dramatics which features jiraiya who is an artist who i remember like talking really highly about in the 2021 year end stuff and i wouldn't have been able to really imagine safe face and jiraiya having this kind of a collaboration but ultimately, I'm really glad that they did because Alessandro Dramatics, it's exactly that, man. It is so fucking dramatic. It is so over the top. 
but it's catchy as all hell. I think it has a really great tune to it. It's just so easy to get through. It really like helps channel the strengths of everybody involved, even Jiraiya for that matter. Just a really, really well done collaboration. And I was ecstatic about this song's release and ultimately overall ecstatic about the results of it. Number 78 is Brain Dead by House Parties. This was a pleasant surprise to say the least back when I reviewed it because I'd seen the name House Parties show up on the internet before but never really gave them a chance until this song here, Brain Dead. and knowing that it was pop punk, it was like, okay, it'll probably be good, maybe not like super mind-blowing because that's kind of my overall demeanor towards genre right now. And then Brain Dead just fucking blew me away man like this song has so much energy to it so charismatic and everything that it does that chorus is one of the catchiest of the whole year the production is also just really masterful like everything about brain dead came together so well house parties they won me over big time this year they have a new ep out called side effects on january 19th i cannot wait to get into that and i hope everybody who is a fan of this band continues to look forward to what they do and if you're not into house parties right now please please give them a chance because they are fucking outstanding number 77 is cool by meet me at the altar You're so So let's keep up the trend of talking about pop punk. And on the opposite end of house parties, Mimi at the Altar is a band who I was familiar with, and I understood the level of excitement that people had for their album this year past present future and also the expectations and their expectations that we can talk about at a later date because i feel like they were for some people out there who are really really into me at the altar maybe not met and maybe cool was a song that they listened to and they were very perplexed with and they were just like what is this like this isn't what i you know come to this band for and truthfully, it's not what I come to meet me at the altar either for, but it's what I needed to hear from them this year. I fucking love Cool. I think the rhythm of it, even if very, like, brain stew by Green Day-esque, it works for Cool, and I think it works for what it tries to do and the story that it tries to tell. Lyrically, yeah, it's a little bit strange, but again, I feel like all of these elements that are, you know, minimalistic, they somehow work. And Cool All Together is a song that it's just very simple. Like, there's no other way for me to phrase it, really. It comes in at 2 minutes, 11 seconds, and it, it never really deviates from the formula for any of that duration. But I don't think it ever needed to. There were no chances that needed to really be taken with Cool. It's just a, a cool song. Like, no pun intended, but that's really what I get at with this track. And it brings back, you know, a lot of memories from February of this year when I first heard it. And it's the kind of song that I can understand if like a real diehard Meet Me at the Altar fan isn't into this, but I am. I am 
so, so fucking into this. Number 76 is In the Silence by Caskets. I want the best for Caskets. I think they have a lot to offer to the scene, and I think that they have a bright future. I don't know if all of that was fully realized this year off of the album Reflections. I feel like overall, it's a little bit of a step down from what the band had been doing beforehand. But this song specifically, In Silence, is everything that I look for in this band, everything that I believe others can, you know, really champion from them, and I think it really shows off the prowess of Caskets, despite still being a relatively young man, and just how they can make these tracks that are so emotionally gripping while still having the elements to modern metalcore that I will always be a sucker for. Like, the build-up to that first um, in intro and the verse, it's so well done, and it makes me feel like I'm on top of the fucking world whenever I hear that bit. And then the like methodical verses that go into this really explosive chorus, and it's a chorus that I think you know is among the best that Caskets have ever written. And it's a song that, to me, like this is patented Caskets. This is everything that I want this band to be. This is everything that I believe they excel at. And it's a song that never once let up in its runtime. It never let me forget about the impact it had on me. Never let me forget about where I was when I first heard it in the silence is the standout song from caskets this year and overall maybe like a top five or three song they've ever written in my opinion number 75 is new reality by the word alive In my opinion, we very well could have seen the best year for The Word Alive in 2023, just in terms of the overall quality of the material, how impassioned everything felt and sounded. And I believe that New Reality was the best start to the year that the band could have possibly made for themselves. This track was just very impactful and like a mission statement in a way for what the year would bring with the album Hard Reset. It never let up once. It's just very uh, like go, go, go all the way through without really being like super aggressive or super heavy. It still finds this great way to be very meaningful in that regard. I thought Telly sounded great in the moments where he's just letting his voice soar or he's screaming. Everything came together for New Reality, and again, it was, in my estimation, the perfect way for The Word Alive to start their case this year for, again, this being their best year. Number 74 is Blood in the Water by Normandy. If I'm going under The start of every new record cycle for Normandy is always 
a very special and exciting time for myself as somebody who has been able to see the growth of the band over the years. And, you know, Normandy went from a band who I was like, yeah, they're okay, you know, they're pretty good, to eventually later on, they are one of my favorite bands in the world. And it's because of songs like Blood in the Water. And it's because of just how methodical the pacing is. And the way that, you know, with a Normandy song like Blood in the Water, you really do, uh, you're allowed to see the strengths of everybody involved and the production is another like key element to that and the choices made like it was so apropos for their first song back after the um dark and beautiful secret cycle to kind of showcase philip serenading the listener in a way in that first verse and then everything just builds up so immaculately well to the chorus and then later on in the bridge with the hook hurt people hurt people and the way that that repeated it was something that just like it, it latched itself onto my brain and i feel that way about every single that normandy has put out this year every single that normandy has in, in general in totality normandy is just that fucking band and blood in the water was a great way for me to remind myself of that this year number 73 is would you wait for me by mood ring Mood Ring was one of my most improved bands last year. I really thought that off the album Stargazer, they were just in like another league of their own and on another level. And the singles that they put out this year, or rather the EP that they had, which was Your Light Fades Away, it was another great showcasing for them this year. Again, even if it's just three tracks long, I felt that these songs, and specifically Would You Wait For Me, continue to show just how ahead of the game Mood Ring are. And, you know, for me, it's the industrial style production of Would You Wait For Me that is so perfect in its complimentary to Hunter's voice, whether he's singing or screaming. This is one of the best that my guy has ever sounded. He is just so fluid in his range on this track. I love the roller coaster that the instrumentation kind of takes you on with this song. It's just so inherently mood ring, and I continue to crave more of this each and every year, each and every cycle for whatever this band does. Number 72 is Fighting Myself by Linkin Park. Forever, but every time I think I got everything put back together, I end up making more regrets, making more regrets. The album Meteora celebrated its 20th year this year, and with that came this anniversary deluxe edition, and a part of that uh, package included some quote-unquote new songs. And new in the sense that they had not been released to the public and we had never heard them before, but not new in the sense that they had not actually been worked on in the 20 years since Meteora release. I recently recently saw a video of um, Mike Shinoda talking about the new songs as part of the anniversary edition, and he said that a song like Fighting Myself and then Lost, um, what they did with those songs is 
They didn't go in and change anything about the structure, the instrumentation. None of that was actually reworked. All that they did was they put a clean mixing on them and then mastered those tracks. So what we heard with Fighting Myself, this was what the band had written 20 years ago or maybe even 20 plus years ago at that point. Like, this is genuinely a true to its art form 2003 style Linkin Park song that we got to hear for the first time in 2023 and I did not want to take that for granted like being able to have that at our convenience that's fucking special and you know a, a big ups to everybody involved with Linkin Park who made this happen and for being able to share with us these things that they really didn't need to Fighting Myself is a song that had it been released 20 years ago properly with Meteora, On God would have been like a top five song on that record for me. Like this track is just everything that I look for in Linkin Park or everything that I looked for in them, you know, as a kid. And then previously, it's it's a lot to take in to be able to hear a song with Chester on it in this day and age. And again, I do not ever want to take for granted what being able to get this song in this day and age actually meant to me. Number 71 is Anxiety by Nothing Nowhere. This is the opener on the album Void Eternal, and I feel like... In that regard, it is one of the most effective opening tracks of the whole year for any record because of how well it sets the stage for Void Eternal. Void Eternal is a very like out there and different approach for Nothing Nowhere. It's very rooted in post-hardcore from like the 2000s and getting a song like Anxiety being the sort of lead-in for the album, the song that's meant to kind of like guide you by the hand and show you the different layers of what Nothing Nowhere cooked up this year. I thought Anxiety did a fucking stellar, outstanding, amazing, perfect job with all of that. And the song itself is just fucking tremendous. It has this really catchy chorus that I think Nothing Nowhere excels at when it comes to, you know, being able to branch out his voice and show off that range. It's just a really well put together song and one of the best that I got to hear all year. And again, as an opening song, you really can't ask for anything better than anxiety. Number 70 is When You Were Here by Real Friends. This is one of the most recent songs to make this list. So recent, in fact, that the final regular episode that was uploaded recently, it this song was covered on there. So I might not have too much to say right now without repeating myself. But essentially, I said on that episode that When You Were Here is my favorite Real Friends song ever made. And that still stands true. I think this song, it carries with it a lot of emotional, like, anguish. And it's done in a way where Real Friends, they don't just, like, dive into, you know, the pop-punk bag that they always have. It's a little bit post-hardcore in some of its cadence and delivery. And I really appreciate that about... I really appreciate that about the approach to this song 
because the lyrical matter of when you were here, it called for that aggression. It called for that vulnerability from everybody within the band. And I'm so thankful that they chose to, you know, go about the song that way because it made when you were here what it is to me. And what it is, is again, the best real friend song ever made. And just overall, one of the best songs I got to hear all year. And I do not expect myself to put it down anytime soon going into the new year. Number 69. Fuck, man, I almost... Okay, so the past two years, I like either laughed or chuckled or smiled when I said 69, and I was really hoping this would be the year that I didn't, but I did so. You can't see it on my face, but I feel it right now. This is fucking stupid, man. What am I doing? Number 69 is False Meridian by Invent Animate. Brother, we can talk for fucking hours and days on end about what Invent Animate this, did this year on the album Heavener, and we will. That time will come soon enough. But right now, the focus is False Meridian and the fucking impact that this song had on me when I first heard it back in March, and just how like well thought out it is it's a five minute song that doesn't feel five minutes at all it's just so like captivating to me and it's so fucking uh, remarkable in everything that it does i thought false meridian was one of those tracks this year on heavener that really showed off like why in van anime is in the spot that they're in why they're one of the most revered metalcore bands in the scene right now why every fucking youtube reactor in that space was just head over heels for everything that in van anime did this year because the talent warrants it false meridian puts together every element that makes Invent Anime who they are, and just turns it up to goddamn, not even fucking 11, dude, fucking 15, fucking 20. This is just how good that song is. And I said this back when I reviewed the record, and I'm somebody who, I'm never like, you know, uh, super hung up on breakdowns. I don't need breakdowns in music to be enthralled. I don't need breakdowns in general. But when they're there and they work... They're fucking tremendous, and I don't know if there was a breakdown this year that worked as well as False Meridians. It just batters the fucking shit out of you, man. That song and that breakdown, it's unrelenting, and I feel like unrelenting is a great term to apply to in Van Anime altogether, and False Meridian was one of the songs this year that really hammered that in for myself. Number 68 is What Hurts the Most. By trophy eyes. I don't know how much I really talked about trophy eyes this year, aside from when I reviewed the albums Suicide and Sunshine, and when I look at a song like What Hurts the Most, that is absolutely 100% my fault. 
And I remember talking about this song back when it released and, you know, kind of just being like, yeah, it, it's pretty good, you know, um, but, but not really gassing it up the way that I gas up so many other tracks here. And I, I don't understand what it was about what hurts the most that did not click immediately when I first heard it, because almost every instance thereafter of hearing this song, it has just registered with me as being something very like, um, how do I phrase this? Okay, let, let, me, put, let me put it this way. Trophy Eyes is a band that I've always respected, but I've never had like a real special attachment to the way I do so many other bands. What hurts the most is the one song that shows me that that level of attachment is attainable. This is 100% definitely a band that can move me, a band that can, you know, captivate me in this regard, because What Hurts the Most is one of the best songs of all year, and it's a song that never has to, like, really raise its aggression or raise its voice to pull me in. I am just right away thrown into this very malevolently blissful universe that Trophy Eyes crafted, and a song like What Hurts the Most is just, it, it's there for me. It's there to comfort me. It is there to guide me through whatever bullshit has happened to me. And I feel so, like, grateful in that regard for a song like What Hurts the Most to exist and to have ever even come into my stratosphere. This song is so fucking good. And I feel like it is... For myself, at least, the calling card of Trophy Eyes, not just for this year, but perhaps in their entire discography. Number 67 is Inner Beauty by Abyss Watching Me, featuring Kellen Quinn from Sleeping With Sirens. So some quick disclosures about the inclusion of Inner Beauty as part of this list. It was released at the end of the year last year, so it was a December single. But because it falls into the cutoff period and the grading period for this list, it was able to make it. And also, Inner Beauty in itself was not a brand new song. It was part of NYX, which was the 2022 record by Abyss Watching Me. However, this new version by Kellen Quinn, it is a bit different from what we got on NYX. So the the mixing is a little bit different, and then obviously you have the inclusion of Kellen on the second verse and then into the second chorus. And I feel like what Kellen was able to do for Inner Beauty was just really help elevate it to another level and in turn help Abyss watching me realize their full potential. And I feel like all of those coming together, it really did help make Inner Beauty a song that I couldn't forget about it. I, I could not omit it from any type of a celebratory list at all because that's what this song is. It's a celebration. It is beautiful. It is something that I was able to, you know, kind of take with me back from January of this year all the way through now in December and still feel as strongly passionate about it as I did back then. And that is true beauty. That is, you know, not to be cheesy, inner beauty. Number 66 is Diary of a Masochist by The Requiem. Oh 
So yeah, uh, The Requiem, not necessarily a brand new band who I've never spoken about before because I did previously when they were known as L'Exquisite Duolier. I've known of that word for almost 10 years and I have never known if I'm actually saying it correctly, but whatever, L'Exquisite Duolier. And they rebranded this year as The Requiem and I believe that they are now putting out the best material of their careers, or at least within their short career that I'm sure will be expanded on exponentially with their new record in 2024. But what Diary of a Masochist did for me was really show that like, even under new banner from them, they retain all of the like horror punk and gothic elements that really did speak to me. And while having those elements in a way where they are still these like real masters at being able to craft songs in the realm of like post-hardcore revival, you know, akin to what we've seen from uh, like Static Dress and Sea Space Cowboy. I would say that what the Requiem are doing and what they did with Diary of Masochist, it's a little bit more of an accessible avenue for that type of music. And they just, they're, they're fucking stellar, dude. Like I will never get enough of the Requiem and Diary of Masochist was the perfect way for me to, you know, really be cemented in that mindset this year. Number 65 is But Then There Is A Pause by Harm. No bullshit to any of you guys. There is a real possibility that Harm is my favorite band right now. At the very least, the last six months. And um, it's a conversation that we will definitely have soon enough. But what I want to focus on right now for Harm is this song here. But then there's a pause. So this is off of the album, A Song You Can't Feel Anymore. And I would say, but then there's a pause is a bit of a detour of sorts from the traditional sound of the album because the album is very much so rooted in a nostalgic style of metalcore and post-hardcore from the 2000s and but then there's a pause has those like key factors in there but it's laced up with this song that also embraces like a bit of an indie rock nature to it in a lot of ways and combining like old metalcore and post-hardcore with indie rock it, it sounds kind of strange in theory but when Harm put it to practice and actually made this track, I believe that they, like, like they had the vision and they fucking excelled at that. But then there's a pause is just so enthralling all the way through. It's very catchy, very easy to kind of get lost in and be taken aback later on in the track when it explodes near its conclusion and just kind of disintegrates into, you know, like an old metalcore or post-hardcore song. It is just fucking remarkable in everything that it achieved and it really did help cement harm as, you know, again, possibly my favorite band right now. Number 64 is Let It Happen by the band Camino.
I am of the belief that you can always count on the band Camino to deliver some of the catchiest songs of the year whenever they're active. And I felt that way two years ago when I was talking about their prior album, the self-titled, and then now on this new record, The Dark. There were a lot of great choices from this album when it comes to like, you know, what my favorite song could have been or what the song was that really gravitated me towards this act once again. But also, I feel like Let It Happen has the strongest case for being not just the best song by the band Camino this year, but like a top three song that they've ever made. And I feel pretty confident also in saying that Let It Happen might be the like most country adjacent song that has ever been spotlighted on this podcast. And I feel like that's really noticeable in the chorus, but it's a chorus that I could not have imagined being done any other way. Like it needed that slight country hint to really put it over the top and make it as memorable as it is. And lyrically, it's a song that it came into my life at the right time. And ever since then, I've still been able to go back to this song and kind of have like any sort of um, like mental anguish be put to at least some extent of an ease because of Let It Happen and the like the relaxation that the song brings me and for that i it was so easy for me to put let it happen you know on this list and really make sure that i took the time to let you guys know about how much it means to me number 63 is condition for a head-on collision by foreign hands featuring ollie appleyard of static dress I say this over and over again, and I will never stop saying it until it becomes a reality. Foreign Hands got next. They are the next band up when it comes to hardcore bands that, you know, mix metalcore into their style. They just have every, like, bit of it factor that I believe they need to propel themselves to the next level. And whatever they're going to do in 2024, an EP, an album, just anything, I will be right there alongside Foreign Hands, just waiting for the opportunity to gas them up and tell you guys about the brilliance behind this band. And I believe that Condition for a Head-On Collision continue to set them on the right course. And then you throw in Ollie Appleyard into this song. Ollie Appleyard, in my opinion, is one of the biggest standout vocalists that the scene has had in the last couple of years. And and his delivery on this track, it really just, like, it complements everything the Foreign Hands did so well. Like, this is the perfect amalgamation to make this track stand out more than it already did. And I think Condition for Head on Collision was the perfect song for Foreign Hands to, you know, cap off the year with and give themselves a lot of momentum going into 2024. Number 62 is Forgotten by The Plot and You. There was definitely a waiting period for this single and the chance for a lot of anticipation to build because 
I believe that the plot knew had been playing this song live back in the spring, and then maybe it was supposed to release around that time, or, you know, at least relatively soon thereafter. We didn't get forgotten as a single until August of this year. So, like I said, there was definitely an extensive period of waiting for the track, but I believe it was worth every fucking second. Forgotten came in, and if for any reason you as a listener were, you know, kind of on the fence about the direction the plot knew between what they did recently with um, Divide and Left Behind, then Forgotten was for you. Like, this song should 100% be your shit. And it is just so, like, blistering, and it only has one motion, one speed, which is just fucking go and bash your face in. This track is very reminiscent of what I would hear from this band back in Cycle 4, Happiness and Self-Destruction, which is an era of the plot in you that I hold really close to my heart. So that really did a lot to kind of help elevate Forgotten and make it this kind of a song that I just could not let go of when I first heard it. And, you know, subsequently, ever since then, whenever Forgotten comes on shuffle, like I'm right there with it, man. I'm with the shits. I am just screaming alongside Landon and, you know, just understanding the case for the plot in you to be one of the best bands in the world, and hopefully soon enough, one of the biggest. Number 61 is Werewolf, by Lil Uzi Vert, featuring Ollie Sykes of Bring Me the Horizon. This was a whirlwind, to say the least, and, you know, put it lightly, because I believe that if you told somebody previously that there would be a collaboration one day between Lou Uziver and Bring Me the Horizon, I think people would have believed you. Like, it's a very easy collaboration to imagine happening, but then the actual execution of it that's where it gets kind of puzzling because I feel like both Lou Uzivert and Bring Me the Horizon have just all of these varying sides to them to where you don't know exactly what you're going to get when you hear them. You don't know which exact like mind frames they were in when collaborating, but then we got Werewolf and it ended up being this like new metal anthem that really plays to the strengths of everybody involved. Like, I feel like this is one of the best that Uzi's ever sounded, just like I think that chorus might be one of the best that Ollie has ever been a part of. It is this masterful collaboration and collection of ideas that just paid off immensely well for everybody involved. Werewolf just has it, man. It has aura. And I remember seeing this edit on Twitter of Shadow the Hedgehog driving a motorcycle with the song playing in the back Background, and I'm I'm watching that video and I'm like, man, that's that's what this feels like. That is exactly what this song channels visually. Like that's the kind of emotion that Werewolf wields. And I think for all those reasons, it like sits comfortably as part of one of my favorite songs of the year. And it's one of those tracks where if you have this like top 20 or 10 or 5, even one, if this is your favorite song of the whole fucking year. I get it. I 100% understand why. And that's it. Or at least, that was it for right now. That was it for today. That was it for songs 
80 to 61. So, uh, yeah, come back tomorrow for part three where I talk about songs 60 to 41. If you're listening to this in the future and that episode is already available, you know, go ahead, run, run up that number for me. Uh, listen to that episode. Uh, you know, do me a favor, I guess. I don't fucking know, man. But regardless, like, whether you're hearing this, you know, in December 2023 or fucking September 2024 or later on in the year, or like, whoever, whatever, man, whenever you listen to any of this, anything that I do, I'm always appreciative of it. And I'm always thankful for you, you know, taking the time to fuck with what I'm doing. Thank you for listening. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And as always, for the love of the game, let's make a scene.